Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, welcome today. You are listening to Girlfriend It Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, and Lisa is out today. She is uh, becoming a, another uh, grandma. She uh, just had baby Beckett. Uh, her daughter, Amy, just delivered another baby, and which is really exciting. She's creating a, her own basketball team, apparently. I guess it would be baseball team now. She's having so many um, boys, uh, grandchildren. So that's exciting. And we just want to say welcome, welcome. We want to rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And today we have an exciting show. Our guest, Hetty Britz, we have had on the show before a few years ago when she wrote the book Unnaturally Mom. Hetty is a South African-born author, international speaker with a leading voice in parenting advice and personality styles. Her latest book that she just unveiled is Growing Kids with Character. So welcome, Hetty. How are you today? Oh, Patty, thank you so much for having me back. I'm, I'm really excited. This is a beautiful week. Looking forward to Resurrection Sunday and uh, feeling alive and grateful. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, um, the, true, the real reason that we have you on the show is just so I can listen to your accent. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to try and disguise it. Can I put on a fake American accent and spoil your day? <laughs> Oh, that would spoil my day because I just love love listening to your accent. And if I could create any accent, yours would be the one that I would attempt to to fill my day with. So thank you. And we are going to jump right into uh, your book, Growing Kids with Character. Now, I want to know, Hetty. So you, you already wrote The Unnatural Mom, which I loved uh, that book, just talking about, you know, we have this precious little baby, and no one gives us any, any rules or guidelines. We just get to bring him home from the hospital, and then we kind of go, now what? And so many times, you know, I look back on, on the personality types And I think, man, I wish I would have known that when my kids were younger, because you kind of want to mold them to, you know, who you are. And when they're their own person, I don't know why it surprises you so much, but it's (laughs) irritating. And I want them to be little mini me's. (laughs) And so you go, oh, wow, God had a whole nother plan for you than what uh, I was thinking. So I I love that. And at what point did you say, you know what, I'm going to write this book, Growing Kids with Character. And it's all about nurturing your child to, to know their purpose and their passion. So tell us the story there on what motivated you to write this book. Well, just as you said, I, I came home and actually had my disillusionment even before I 
got home about just how unnatural I was as a mom. And then it became even harder as everything that I thought would work really well with raising my daughter didn't actually work so well. She was incredibly well behaved, but we didn't bond. That connection just didn't happen. So she mostly obeyed me, but then uh, she didn't feel loved. Um, actually, to such an extent that when um, her brother was about nine months old, she tried to um, put him back into my tummy <laughs> or send him to heaven prematurely. <laughs> she had a few attempts on his life, which made me so concerned that I took her to a therapist who assessed her and then said, no, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. She's just not too sure who you are in her life and whether you actually want to be her mom. Do you? And it felt like you know, a finger in my eye. Um, mm -hmm. But what was really going on is I wanted to be a mom my way. And the needs she had <laughs> were so completely different to what I thought a good mom did just because of temperament. So when, um, when the therapist told me what my problem was and sent me home with bonding exercises with my daughter that would feed into her temperament needs, she also gave me a book about personality types and said, listen, go read this. It might save your life. And it actually did. Um, but what I didn't like so much about the, the labeling, you know, uh, calling people uh, by words like melancholy. I didn't want to be called a melancholy. So I thought, yeah. you know what, there's truth in this. But I want to I wanna speak in life-giving ways about these differences. And um, that's where the book came from, because I vowed that once I have, figured, have it kind of figured out, or even just have it, you know, a tip of, it, of the iceberg revealed, I was going to share it with other moms. I, I have to go back. I love that. I want to reveal this in life-giving ways because it is true. We label. I wouldn't want to be labeled melancholy. I, I think I was labeled sanguine. And even that, I was like, what's a sanguine? You know? <laughs> Uh, and, and I, I don't mind those, those um, I mean, that research, I don't know if you know this, but those terms are, are 2,400 years old. So temperament research is literally dates from 400 years before Christ. So these mm -hmm. are truths that we have known all along. Um, it's just to package it in a way that we can identify with it and don't have to be confronted with the negative so much. But I uh, that's why I chose to call people trees because I feel we can grow. We don't do the same in all seasons. And even if two trees are from the same species, they're still not identical because nobody wants to be put in a box. And the potential of all of these temperament types to combine, that's really where it becomes interesting because you are not just sanguine. There will be something else going on. And I am not just melancholy. I have three different personality types mixed into one. And uh, and that diversity is so beautiful because that's a characteristic of everything God has made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I want to go back with talking about your daughter because I think so many moms, this is so true, on when you said you didn't bond and she felt unloved. And mm -hmm. I know I have a teenager, so I'm probably talking out of my own <laughs> Like, oh, my. And you, you love them so much that you can hardly see straight. And yet when they're in this season of life where they can be snarky and say their, you know, their comments and you kind of feel like their minion, you know, as you make them breakfast and pack their lunch and you 
I know for me, I go, why am I not having her do this? <laughs> like, why <laughs> am I slaving away when she can cut up an apple, you know? Uh, but go back, how old, are you talking when she was really young that you felt the bonding not taking place, or did that continue yeah. on? That was really young, and I mean, she's now 19, so I know about teens. <laughs> I have a 16-year-old son, too, <laughs> and a 12-year-old yes. daughter going on 21. And we keep having to be intentional about um, not switching them off or not switching them on in the wrong way. We, we need to be mindful of what motivates them, what makes them feel loved and accepted, and what would get that, that uh, teen of yours to to prepare her own lunch. How do we, how do we grow them? How do we challenge them to grow out of their comfort zone while still creating enough comfort that they know they are accepted for who they are? And that's the game we play with every type of child is that balance between giving them what they really want and creating a space where they are loved. And at the same time saying, you know what, the rest of the world is not going to care what tree type you are, <laughs> you know, what, what you need morning, yeah. noon and night. So we're not all going to worship at the altar of your needs, but uh, how do I, the same way as we, we treat a tree that we might plant in our garden, we're going to give it fertilizer on the one hand, but we're also not going to overprotect it so that it can never stand on its own. Mm -hmm. Well, so how old do, I, it was funny because uh, I, I was going to say, how old do we figure out, you know, where your temperament yes. is really, uh, you know, you can unpack that this is who this child, <laughs> you know, has a tendency to be. I just found a letter. I'm, I'm cleaning out my closet finally, a, a, a big, you know, that spring cleaning when you start making that happen. But I just found a three-page letter from my son uh, he was probably 16 or 17, so he wasn't old enough to go skydiving on his own, so he needed my signature. And it was all the reasons of why skydiving needed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I look back, and I think, okay, in his temperament, the, he's um, analytical, and now he's an engineer. Uh, and I, I look back now and I go, okay, this is hysterical. He was coming up with the facts and figures to me <laughs> and wanted a tangible, you know, reason. But it was, he, he was playing into my personality of, cause I always say, let your light shine, you know? And, and so he was playing into, it'll make me more joyful. It'll, it'll <laughs> illuminate the world if I can jump out of this airplane. And by the way, you can be there with me, and this will give us more time to talk about oh, joyful things. Wow. And but <laughs> I look back at it and I thought, okay, this screams his temperament of giving me all the facts and doing his research to make sure he's, you know, <laughs> hitting me where I am. <laughs> so we we only have two minutes here, Huddy, before we go into a commercial break. But how old? Do you start seeing those temperaments in your children? You are absolutely right. It is an inborn design because it is, I call it the, the needle of, of, you know, the compass. It's the compass needle is temperament. It is what, what we are given so that we will point in the right direction and so that we will move in the right direction and find our passion. Um, and when it is embraced from an early age and nurtured and accepted, then we have kids who are not drunk in life. They know where they are going. They know who they are. They know what they want. And they change the world. 
Mm, I love that. <laughs> you don't want them to be drunk in life. That is so true because you're just kind of wherever the wind is blowing your tree, you're you're kind of moving back and forth. And it's hard to to truly have that compass and know your purpose if you don't know, you know, in, in his situation, highly analytical, um, he's not going to be someone that you know, is playing the tambourine on the corner. So he needs needs to know that. Well, we're going to go on a commercial break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that needle of the compass. So stay with us. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We have been chatting with our guest today, Hetty Brits. We, once again, we've had her on the show before. She wrote the book, Unnaturally Mom. And now her new book that just came out March 1st, Growing Kids with Character, Nurturing Your Child's Potential, Purpose, and Passion. And just now on the break, Hetty, I just don't want to forget it when we start getting into your your compass and, and <laughs> as we move forward as to what tree, etc. I want to make sure we talk about um, on the 
the back of this book, and this is just so delightful because you have a scratch code that you can go in and uh, basically give your children the assessment. So can you share a little bit more? Because there's videos. There's all kinds of resources. It's, it's more than just a book. This really is an experience to have with your, your kids. So what age group would you say uh, this is good for? And tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, um, wonderful. Um, in the book itself, there's a baby profile because we can really see temperament from birth if we know what to look for. So mm-hmm. there's a printed profile for the babies, but then from age three to up to age 12, one can do this online test. And it's 18 little video scenarios with the cutest trees um, talking and moving and doing typical temperament things in contexts such as, you know, going to the zoo and, and an elephant splashes water over everybody. And then every personality uh, responds due to their nature. And you and your child have an opportunity to say, oh, yeah, I think you'll act like that one. And after all of these scenarios, the an online report is generated and it gives you practical parenting tips in six areas, your child's strengths, communication style, uh, leadership style, their needs, what we call fertilizer for the trees, frostbite, the things that really drain your child and that you should steer clear of, and then the areas in which your child can grow, and that will help you know where to focus the little bit of time and effort and energy you have available for discipline and molding when you have a busy life, like Mm -hmm. most moms. Yes. And I, I really can't tell you how significant this is. I I just, as you're talking, I'm thinking back on, I used to bring my daughter, who is now 21, on, or actually she's 22. Isn't that sad? This, this shows you I'm not the analytical type <laughs> of details. <laughs> but she would come with me on some of my speaking uh, gigs, and I... I'm, I'm not task oriented and I'm not detailed oriented and she is, she's highly analytical. And now I see that she organizes my world. Uh, she, you know, it was definitely that reverse roles when we would go places. It was more of her taking care of me, which makes me sad. I needed to be aware of that, that just, that was going to be, that was going to be who she is, but she would ask me 5,000 questions. And every time I would think, why did I bring her? Because this is driving me crazy. And all I would have had to have done was give, made sure that those details were in place and given her all that information because it would be who's going to be there. Yeah. She's definitely what we call the boxwood tree. They are these perfectly pruned trees that you find in in fancy gardens. They're exactly square or 100% round. (laughs) And and things need to be just so. And the the wood of a boxwood tree is used to make chess pieces that only move on the black or on the white blocks. You know, it is that that thing. And my husband calls advanced information their Mm. love language. (laughs) <laughs> because nothing makes them feel more secure and more loved than knowing long in advance. And obviously, if you're traveling and things change, you cannot give her all of that advance information. And and the beautiful thing about these differences where you are the spontaneous palm tree, uh, you know, you live in our way <laughs> where the sun is shining mm-hmm. and budgets don't matter and deadlines are not that important. And, and your daughter is, is, you know, this boxer tree. The beautiful thing about those clashes is they're not all bad. 
Um, because for her to lighten up a little and deal with the unpredictable is so important. And for you to take into account those people who need a bit more of a heads up is also good. So we help one another grow. And it's great when we crash because that is where the growth happens. Well, and that and that's it. We could have even sat down ahead of time and I could have said, what information do you need? This is all I have. So from here on out, you're going to have to palm tree it, baby, because this is, <laughs> but, but I wouldn't even, you know, I didn't even think about giving her just the smallest of details. And I love what your husband says. Advanced information is their love language because it's, it's so true. That's what makes them feel secure. And I'm over here thinking, okay, you're not trusting me that That's we're okay exactly here. <laughs> you have just revealed that you have a little bit of rose bush in your temperament mix as well. <laughs> because yes. rose bushes, and I have that too, rose bushes are these strong, in control people who, who feel like, you know, it doesn't matter what comes down the pike because I'm going to be ready. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. handle it, um, mm-hmm. which not everybody has that confidence. And we, us Rose Bushes, when we are questioned, we immediately assume, you think I didn't think of everything. You think I am not ready. So, yes, we experience distrust. And, and for them, a love language is often just to be left alone and just to be just to be trusted um, mm-hmm. with those difficult decisions. Oh, but but I can just imagine what it's like on the road. <laughs> I get, well, I get a little bit, yeah. I love the rose bush because yeah, that that just really um, you can picture that with the the rose bush because we are such strong personalities that an example would be. If, you know, if I didn't know the direction, if we're on some campus that you're, you're going to speak and I would just ask somebody because I know I'll eventually get there and the, that temperament that has to know everything, they're devastated. Like, are you kidding me? You had to ask somebody, we can figure it out. We can go get a map. We should have known where this place is (laughs) rather than waiting 10 minutes before you're on and, and they are ready to do your sound. You know, and to me, I'm going, it's, we're good, we're good, we're going to make it. And yeah, so then you look at him going, okay, why are you making me feel silly? And they're not, they're just trying to get you there. Yes, because and, for them it's so stressful, that, that adrenaline that comes from not knowing where you need to speak. And rose bushes thrive on that. <laughs> That's what makes life interesting is those close calls, <laughs> those those times you pulled it out of the fire. Rose bushes live for that, and boxwoods, not so much, <laughs> not at all. Yes, so that that is just so good to, to break it down that way. And does the temperament change with age? Like for the most part, you know, they're three years old, and you, you can start seeing these different, you know, personality uh, temperaments, and then by the time they're 13, is it pretty much the same as when they were three? Yes and no. I believe that temperament does not change because it's it's kind of like the soul's DNA. 
and, and there's nothing wrong with it and it doesn't need to change because it's given for a reason and it's good. But we do express our temperament differently in our personality. So I would say personality changes because personality is just the way you show your temperament to the world. And that will respond to life circumstances. It will even respond to a sibling. Um, some kids will, will pull back on their personality if they get negative feedback from a parent about it. So mm. we adapt our temperament to what's going on around us. And that's where the nurture and nature um, thing comes in, because my nature is my temperament, but nurturing can shape my personality. And we see phases. I mean, everybody doing a personality profile with a two-year-old tests their child rose <laughs> because it's a rose bush phase. It's a I will do it myself phase. They try out their autonomy. They explore the word no <laughs> and so forth. So obviously uh, there are phases when kids seem to have a certain personality type when it's not their real temper. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens? So I, I'm, I'm sharing all here. I'm being very transparent. I have two kids that are analytical. And then I have my last one who has my temperament. Now, do you usually kind of butt heads more when you have the exact same temperament style? Or do you have a tendency to go through life a little easier when you're with that child who has your same temperament. There are some personalities who get along better with those who are like them and others who prefer the opposite. So, so it's a mixed bag. Obviously, if you have a strong rose bush and boxwood parent with a strong rose, a rose bush or boxwood child, what you have is two very opinionated people who – where the rose bush, it's my way or the highway, and the boxwood also says there's only one right way. So when you pitch those two people um, against one another, there's very likely going to be friction because my black and white and your black and white may not be the same. And the way I want things to be done in the timeline may clash with yours. So with them, we typically see friction when they're similar. Where with pines and Oh, we didn't even discuss the pine tree, but this is a very peace-loving, laid-back, easygoing, accommodating, gracious, uh, tolerant personality type. This pine tree um, pretty much, much gets along great with everybody, but even better with um, with another pine. They can just sit together and just be together. Um, my husband and daughter are pines, and I would come home, and they'd be like, you know, like a twisted. Uh, pastry lying on the on the sofa and I'd go hey what are you guys doing and they give me this blank stare of doing what do you mean doing why do we need to be doing anything we are just being so pine can just be together and the palm trees obviously they have so much fun together they have a playmate so that looks great and um, so the task oriented people get along uh, uh you know, with a little bit of friction when it, when they just want to be together. They love working together. When you pair a rose bush who is so task-oriented with a pine tree who is so laid back and you put them together in a task, like cleaning up the kitchen, it's going to be, it's not going to be. All right, Hetty, I want to interrupt you right there because we're going to go on a commercial break when we come back. Cleaning up.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The American Dental Association estimates that 50% of American adults have some form of periodontal disease. Tooth loss is not the only result. According to Harvard Medical School, gum disease increases the risk of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, chronic respiratory disease, pregnancy complications, and even dementia. Signs of periodontal disease range from gingivitis, which is mild redness and swelling of the gums, to advanced periodontitis, which is complete destruction of the tooth's bony structure. Inflammation caused by bacteria destroys tissue in the mouth and can cause a host of health problems. Preventing periodontal disease by brushing at least twice a day, flossing at night, not smoking, having a healthy diet, and getting regular dental checkups is the right plan of action. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We have been chatting with Hetty Britz, who is a wife, mother, speaker, author, and author of Growing Kids with Character, Nurturing Your Child's Potential, Purpose, and Passion. And I, I love this, Hetty. You have on here that you help moms from all walks of life understand that it's not what you do as a mom, it's what you do with the unique gifts God's given you. And that is so true, that to be intentional with these unique gifts that God has given you. And I interrupted you to go on a commercial break, but we were in the midst of talking about your two pine trees hanging out, and then it led into... What do you do in the these personality clashes, like for an example of just in there cleaning the kitchen? So give me some examples with that. Yes. Well, obviously, if you're going to clean a rose bush style, you're going to do it effectively and you're going to do it fast. Um, that is just how us rose bushes do this. And then if you are a boxwood, you're going to do it perfectly you're not going to stop until the floor is swept and you know everything is just so and back in its place if you're a pine tree you're probably going to go maybe we should eat something first (laughs) you know you're gonna you're gonna create some comfort in there even while you are um supposedly working and then if you are a palm tree, you're going to want to make this fun, as much fun as you can possibly have. Um, you're going to sing. You may need music. You're definitely going to need a snack. So just these different ways of doing it will create tension if you're doing it with your opposite child in the kitchen. Hmm. 
You know, it, that, that right there is even so important to remember because I have a tendency being the rose bush, like, well, why do you need to stop and eat? <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's have some results here. And when you do have kids, I, I can look back and remember the one time my, my oldest was irritated with everyone and I realized he was hungry and I was just like, no, we're going to go here. I'm going to pick you up. Then we have to go to the mall. We have to run these errands and the poor child was starving, but you're, you're on a mission. And as a parent to even think of that, okay, this, this child is upset and griping at everyone and starting, you know, there's these, this tension and conflict because the poor kid needs a bite of an apple. (laughs) And you don't want to take the time to make it happen. So that that's good to know, even that, that you have to stop and, and eat, which is, you know, sleeping and eating. What a waste of time. <laughs> exactly. And, and space is, is such an important thing when it comes to parenting because um, when you speak slowly to a rosebush child, they get annoyed with you. They want to go for the jugular and put you out of your misery. They, they really feel you're pathetic if you can't speak fast and, mm. and act fast. And the opposite is true. If you are a rosebush or palm tree, palm rose combination, and you're forever saying, okay, let's quickly do this. Okay, let's, let's do this. Before, you know, I don't have a lot of time. It wilts and withers your, your pine tree who just cannot do things at that pace. And if you have a box with child who needs to do it just right and you're forever on their tail, they get so nervous. They, they make mistakes. They forget. They can't function under, under uh, that kind of time pressure. So understanding how the boxes and the pine need a lot more time and how the rose and the palm tend to be really fast-paced, even that can make such a difference. Well, and it, it's sad because you just wonder how much you are truly squelching your child because you are wanting them to go on at your pace. And instead, now you're making them feel inadequate. You're making them, you know, who do you think you are by having to rush me? So you can see where all that t- tension, because what's being triggered there. Um, is truly the temperament. Yes, it is. And and before we are too hard on ourselves, because we all sometimes do this, keep in mind what I said earlier, is we are preparing them for real life, where nobody is going to ask, what is your temperament type so that I can be nice to you? <laughs> or I hope people would. That's what we're trying to teach them. But the reality is they're often going to be confronted with people with the opposite temperament. They're probably going to marry somebody who is their opposite. That's what research shows us. So it is okay to occasionally make life a little uncomfortable for them. That's where the growth happens. Mm. Well, I want to talk about, uh, speaking of where the growth happens, uh, I've had listeners, uh, moms that are concerned and talking more and more about the Generation Z and what's taking place now with anxiety and just, you know, stress in general of their children being overwhelmed and hearing that more and more. Uh, what do you think this is? Is this a, a certain temperament or do you think it's hitting all temperaments? Um, have you done any research regarding this with social media and what's taking place within our teenagers? 
Well, I recently did a, a, a little study just on my Facebook with the people who are on there about what they are most concerned about um, regarding their kids. Just any kind of dangers, anything that they find threatening. And the number one fear was performance pressure on their kids. And the second fear had to do with social media. Um, so those two things definitely feed into the stress culture. Incredibly high expectations of kids um, academically, socially, and it is just very tough to cope with. But kids are wired uniquely and respond uniquely to stress, and, and there are kids who definitely um, are at a disadvantage here just because of their temperament. Temperament, uh, in, uh, the original word and the original concept was that our personality is caused by certain liquids in our body like phlegm, that's where phlegmatic comes from, sanguine, that's blood, choleric is from black bile, etc. So people have always suspected that it's in our body really where our temperament sits and now research has shown again that it really is. The neurotransmitters in our brain um, difference based on our temperament. Some people don't have enough serotonin, some don't have enough dopamine. And all of these transmitters play a huge role in things like depression and anxiety. So we can actually predict which kids will get addicted to social media more than others, who will tend to, be, uh, to, to become depressed, who will have high anxiety. Wow. So are you able to say just generically which temperament would be more apt to become addicted to social media? Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, um, it is our pine tree, surprisingly, because we would think, you know, social palm tree, it's going to be these jovial, extroverted types, the kids who are constantly in front of the mirror, <laughs> they are going to get addicted to social media. And yes, they they. They love social media and they love the interaction and they love uh, the likes and the responses. But the kids who are neurologically set up for, for the addiction is actually the pine trees. A pine tree uh, brain typically has low levels of dopamine. And dopamine is what we get. We get a kick, an injection of dopamine every time we handle a screen, every time we open an email, every time we play a game, every time the score goes up or we see a like or there is a new tweet. So that feedback that we get from our devices uh, creates some dopamine being excreted into our blood system. But dopamine, like any other drug, if I can call it that, really at some point, you need more and more and more. And dopamine goes to our pleasure center in our brain, and it makes us feel good. And these children need more to feel good than a palm tree like you. <laughs> and it's easy to make you happy, Patty, right? Um, you know, yes, a kind word. Yes. You, you, you're easily hyped up. Pine trees, not so much. So they need more dopamine, and they go to their screens for it. And because they're these quiet, well-behaved kids, we're just grateful that they're not breaking down the house, they're not screaming, they're not running, they're not demanding. So we as moms are, are sometimes guilty to just be happy that they're, they're on their iPad or they're on their phone or they're in their room with their laptop, and we go, oh, well, that's my easy child. <laughs> yes, but that's yeah. also your very, very vulnerable child for this addiction pattern. When we look at porn addiction in adults, very often when we look at the personality type of the porn addict, 
it's not some sort of a wild person. It's this very quiet, fine tree personality who wasn't sure how to get what they need from real people. And it's so much easier to get it virtually um, online through social media and other dangers like pornography. Wow. Okay. This this is really interesting. Um, we're, we have a, a commercial break coming up in two minutes, but I want to talk about then if the pine tree is is more apt to be, which makes so much sense. Um, even when I go speak at retreats, it's usually packed with pine trees because they love that. They love kicking back, like you said, with other pine trees and experiencing this, you know, weekend with their, with their friends. But to also know they're experiencing that through social media is, is interesting. The, the rose bush now, do they typically just not have time because it's not result-oriented to be on social media? Or where do they fall in? On this, because I would see rose bushes as highly anxious. They they have high energy and they give off a lot of heat, <laughs> but I don't think it affects them as as badly as one would think. What does happen to a rose bush is they don't realize when they are close to burnout, so they will be going full throttle and they'll be overburdened with a bunch of things, take on too much responsibility, and then suddenly have this high anxiety, meltdown, and burnout. Uh, They go up in flames. Uh, That is the only concern I have when it comes to stress with the rose bush, is that don't listen to their bodies. They don't stop. Uh, They use their willpower to drive themselves, you know, into spaces where they don't eat well, they don't sleep enough, and they need exercise in order to deal with the high energy levels that they have internally. They need they absolutely need physical exercise to be mentally well. And today, um, there is such an emphasis on, on achieving and working and being productive in, in the workplace and in school that adults and children with Rose's personality don't always take enough time to physically exercise. That's their warning light that I was Okay, awesome. And we're just perfect timing. We're getting ready to go into our commercial break. But I want to come back after this commercial and talk about more on this rose bush going up in flames, so stay with us. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. 
For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Water is the best source of hydration, and it is important for all of us to stay hydrated. Harvard Medical School reports that water protects organs and tissues, regulates body temperature, carries nutrients and oxygen to our cells, helps maintain our electrolyte balance, stabilizes our heartbeats, normalizes blood pressure, prevents constipation, aids in digestion, and cushions our joints. Just to name a few of the benefits, staying hydrated is crucial, and they recommend drinking fluids throughout the day. Water needs vary, but a general rule is four to six cups of water per day. Drink fluids gradually, all day long, to ward off dehydration. Drinking water also helps with weight loss, as it gives you a feeling of fullness. When it comes to water, drink up to slim down. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We have been talking to wife, mother, speaker, author, Hetty Britz, who recently wrote the book, Growing Kids with Character. And and Hetty, just for those listeners that are coming in, we were talking about the different uh, temperaments and how they are dealing with social media, how they are dealing with anxiety and depression that we keep hearing more and more teens um, are talking about just being so overwhelmed. And uh, you mentioned the pine tree has a tendency to be addicted to social media because of their low levels of dopamine. So they want more of that drip of serotonin and the dopamine which they get from social media with all their likes and having those relationships, even if it is not uh, face-to-face. And then the rose bush, um, I love that. They can go up in flames because they get so close to burnout. They take on too much. They're not necessarily listening to their bodies, so they're not eating, sleeping. Um, They definitely need exercise, and many times they're not taking care of that as well to burn some of that high energy off. Uh, but I want to hear about the boxwood. Um, where are they in the, the social media and a little bit more about how their temperament deals with stress and anxiety? Yeah. So just to recap who they are, they are the perfectionists. They are the ones who want to know whether, you know, how must I be? What must I do? Am I right? Am I good enough? And unfortunately, they are the most harmed by social media because anything they see online um, has this message of you should have known this, you should be doing this, um, this is important because to them everything is important. So you can just imagine how overwhelming it is to know, okay, you shouldn't have pimples, you should be skinny, um, you should have this, you should know this, you should do this, uh, this is the best phone to have, this is the, the right this and right that. They get those messages so strongly because they're always wanting to be right and do right. And they compare themselves with others all the time. And they focus on where they are lacking and cannot see their own strengths. So these are the most important, uh, the group of kids that it's most important to understand their own temperament, to know this about themselves, to be empowered with, with a, 
a daughter's profile to complete that and to see where their strengths are so that they can stand up against all of this uh, pressure to conform to a norm that that's just not relevant to them. Um, I think the, the, the overall message of social media is that you need to be incredibly popular and be followed by gazillions of people. And the, the reality is that so many people will exhaust a, a boxwood completely. So many opinions about them would burn them out. So many friends would completely drain them. It, it sits in their, not in their fertilizer zone, but all of these people and all of this content and information actually sits in their um, frostbite zone. It, it's harmful to them. So they need to be empowered with knowing this about themselves. The thing is, they are anxious. They have this nervous energy that they give off all the time. And we need to understand that some of that is just how they are. Because if we look at them and we say we need to get rid of all of this anxiety, what typically happens is we take them to the doctor. They are put on something for anxiety, a low-dose antidepressant typically. And what that does is it takes away that edge, that anxiety, but boxwoods function on that. It is, uh, oh, I still need to get this done. That makes me do it. It's the deadline is tomorrow. That gets me, you know, to write that blog <laughs> or to, yeah. to prepare for this interview. Um, and when you take that away, I'm paralyzed and I don't get anything done. And man, then I'm not just anxious, then I am downright depressed. So right. when we mess with with all anxiety and we want to take all anxiety away, we can actually paralyze a box and make matters a whole lot worse. So when we treat them for anxiety, it's so important to still make sure that they feel productive and that they still get done what they need to get done. Mm, I, I, that, that's fascinating. And then our, our palm tree, because after we go through this, I want to talk about some coping mechanisms because we're throwing all this out there. And if you know your child is obviously one of these, you're going, whoa, what do I do now? <laughs> so palm tree, where does their temperament lie with all of this? Palm trees generally are able to deal with stress a lot better than the rest of us. Not because they deal with it, but because they dodge it. They go, I'm sure this is not a big deal. They can, they can move it out of their mind. They can focus on the next thing. They can go on. And they very much, you know, live and let live. So they go on social media. People don't like them. They go, ah, I'm an acquired taste, you know. <laughs> and somebody else will like me. It, it's not a big deal. They forget a lot of the negatives. They see all of the likes. So these are kids who... If they know that they are more than their bodies and their appearance and that doesn't overwhelm them, they, they are mostly good to go. It is only when they are in an environment where everything is about uh, grades and about legalistic rule keeping and, and about everything that's completely opposite to their nature, that's the only circumstance in which you can really crack this child. But they are pretty resilient otherwise. So you say when it becomes legalistic, I find that interesting uh, because I have probably just as much palm tree as I do rosebush. And I grew up in a very legalistic home and, and church, not necessarily my home, but just the, the church. Okay. And so unpack that a bit. This is, this is frostbite for a palm tree when the emphasis is on performance and not on your heart. 
And and it's it's so easy to do this to a palm tree because they are loud and they experiment with their appearance and they may, you know, go through the tattoo and piercing phase and they, they do the hair in green and, and we feel we have to respond to every one of those those actions and that is just how palm trees figure out who they are. They don't read it in a book. They try it out in real life and and it is it gets pretty wild and colorful sometimes. And in a legalistic environment that is just not tolerated so they get error messages from everyone and everything around them you should not be like this that is not christian behavior when when really the bible embraces heart much more than uh you know what does your hair look like so for for us to to look at how jesus dealt with peter is a really good exercise in how to love a palm tree (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Peter was all over the place. He said a bunch of stuff he never should have said. He, he chopped off somebody's ear. You know, he was really not under control. And still, this is the person that Jesus entrusted the church to. He was a leader of the early church. Um, he was the one taking care of the lambs. Why? Because he had a heart for people. He was the one who was challenged to take the gospel to the Gentiles because that was never done before. It's not okay. You know, it's breaking all of their legalistic rules. Um, but he was chosen to do that because that's what palm trees do. They break the box. Um, mm-hmm. And they go love people that we're not supposed to love. And I love how when a palm tree has experienced legalism and they come into grace, how how wonderful they are at sharing that grace with others because they know how liberating it is. Mm. I love that. Embracing grace. Well, we just have a a few minutes here before we're um, finished with the show. And I just have to tell you, Hattie, you have been so delightful and just tons of information. I have notes all over the place here at my table. But what would be the biggest tip that you can, you know, as we go through all these different personalities and the temperaments, give us some tips there as a mom on what we can do to help them with this stress and anxiety? Um, let, me, let me do one tree at a time and in, uh, keeping in mind that obviously your child can be a combination or, of one or two. So please, mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to do um, this kid's profile, please go do that because then you'll get individual tips. But if I can summarize, um, for a rose bush, uh, they thrive on a challenge so don't be scared to to make life hard and difficult for them they thrive on that they are not to be overprotected they are to be um, sent on their way with lots of uh, encouragement Um, the bigger the challenge the more they rise to it that's not a child to be worried about when it comes to stress but make sure they get their exercise um, and that they that they Keep balanced and healthy. For the palm tree, just watch the social influence in real life. Just watch a little bit where they are. They don't think ahead. And so a lot of their stress comes from having made really big mistakes because they didn't think ahead. And help them with impulse control and monitor them a little more closely than you would other kids. Every now and again, go see what's on that phone. Go see what's in the game that they are playing. Go see who's in their social circle. Um, They generally go down. If they go down into a dark place, it's usually with a friend who led them there. 
and, mm-hmm. and I didn't see it coming. Then with the boxwood tree, um, lots of positive feedback. They start every day at a zero and need to know that they are okay. Lots of affirmations. Yes, they are high maintenance, but oh man, it's worth it. Um, these are kids who will really go and change the world, but they do need a lot of emotional support. Uh, not Social media is a bad environment for them. Please try and limit that for them as much as you can and make them aware of their tendency to compare and not see their strengths. Write their strengths down, black on white, pin it on their mirror, um, say it to them every day because they forget. With a pine tree, this peace-loving, easygoing child, um, the most harmful thing for them is the incredible pressure of having seven summer talents and seven winter talents just, just reduce what's going on in their life, slow down, minimalize. Nowhere in the Bible will you find an instruction to do as much as you possibly can, to be as busy as you possibly can, um, and and to be everything to all people. It's not a biblical concept. It's not a healthy thing, and it's Mm -hmm. devastating to pine trees. So simplify (laughs) and, and allow that pine tree to take you into their forest where it's peaceful and cool and calm and they have the potential to save western western uh, civilization from itself oh this is just great i i love all these tips i once again i just want to thank you huddy and for our listeners out there run and go get this new book that came out growing kids with character uh it just was released march 1st and you can find it anywhere that you would go to grab a book amazon um you can go also to find uh huddy online just google her name and that will get you all the information we thank you for being with us today and we will talk at you next week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.